What is up, everyone? I am Joe DeHoyos. I'm host of Beyond the Woodline. Uh, real quick, before we get started with the show, uh, you guys may or may not know I am part of the JRG, which is the Jevning Research Group, headed up and founded by William Jevning. He's a great guy, man. He's got almost 50 years of experience in the Bigfoot world. Um, so we have teams all over the, the, uh, the country and from New York State, Florida, Oregon, California, uh, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi, and of course here in Texas. And I always miss a couple of states I know. If you're interested in helping out with that research, uh, just let me know and uh, we'll get you guys set up. We vet everyone carefully as we can. Um, if you guys uh, have an issue, you have a report, and there's not a team in your state or area, just, just let me know. We network with a bunch of people, so we know guys all over the country. So that won't be an issue either. Um, you want to tell your story, hit me up. And uh, like I said, if you want to join a team and do some research, uh, you don't have to get out into the field. I rarely get out into the field, especially during the summertime. Um, but you can do your research from your laptop, your computer, your cell phone. You can find places, witnesses, give us ideas on techniques. You know, we're always open to that. Uh, so hit me up at beyond.woodline at gmail.com and we'll get you guys started. And with that being said, I know you guys don't tune in to hear me ramble off at the mouth. Tonight I have with me uh, Insane Joe from in the Insane Asylum. How are you doing, Joe? Doing good, doing good. That's good, man. Dude, I appreciate you jumping on. I know it was last minute, and uh, I needed a replacement really bad, so I know you volunteered like last week for today, actually, and you still wound up doing it, so that's pretty good. So it all worked out, I guess. Yeah, yeah it all worked out in, in, in the end. That's good, man. Uh, so real quick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into the world of the paranormal? Well, I, I, uh, I'm disabled and we started a podcast a long time ago. We kind of ticked people off. So after doing it for so long and probably getting negative YouTube subscribers and stuff, you know, our, our subscribers was in the negative. No, I'm just kidding. I say that because it was that, you know, yeah. rough. We switched to the paranormal because my partner had some experiences I believed in it for a very long time. And then I had an after, after life experience, you know, after death experience or life, you know, I had an out of body experience. That's it. You know, I died about five or six times back in 95, just right around this time of year, December 4th, 1995, I had got diagnosed with leukemia and it was so far gone. They said I wasn't going to live to see Christmas that year. Wow. Well, here I am quite a few years later, still alive and kicking, but disabled. Yeah. So when we switched in the paranormal, I got the, the first book I got was called Weird Wisconsin. That's where I'm, I, I was born and raised around Wisconsin. And, and I tell you, I never knew how much actually existed in my state that was weird and paranormal and unexplained and just interesting. So we started exploring it and been doing it since until COVID hit and then we did our talk show. So, and we kind of was the inspiration for a couple other people to do that one, to do a talk show format. So. That's cool. What's up, Mr. Anthony? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, our podcast goes every Friday, 5 p.m. Central Time, and we have guests from all walks of paranormal life from everywhere. You know, we have guests from Canada, UK. Um, we've had psychics. Um, you know, tarot readers, you know, all, all kinds of people. Okay. Cool. And yeah, it, it's, like been, it's been nothing but fun for me. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, man, same here. That's, it sounds like a lot like what I do. And 
uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's just a lot of fun to do this. And, uh, but I, I I do miss going out, and I'm waiting for the weather to get warmer because I do miss going out in the field. You know, it does get a little hard on my body, so we only do it when the weather's warmer. You know, right. but uh, we didn't get to go this whole last year, mm-hmm. which was kind of a bummer. Right. Yeah, well, that's why I don't go out big footing in the summertime. It's just too hot here in Texas. I mean, it, it'll really, really beat you down. It'll, it'll, it'll wear you out. You know. Yeah, I, I don't think I could handle that either. Yeah, and it was a brutal yeah. summer this year, so I'm, I'm really glad I didn't go. Yeah. Texas is what probably not as. Uh, it's probably like. Uh, you don't have uh, the conditions like Vegas, where it's like a dry heat. No, you get you get the humidity in Texas too, don't you? Yeah, like you, you do up here. Yeah, yeah. You can walk outside before you get to your car. You start sweating. Yeah, I, I couldn't handle that. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is when I went to Vegas earlier this year, I was actually walking around in jeans, and they weren't sticking to my legs. It was a, a weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to Vegas once, but it was February, so it's nice. It was nice out, seventy degrees (laughs) (laughs) in February. That's a good time to go, man. uh, Yeah. So, um, what places have you actually investigated, or what kind of places do you investigate? Well, the first place we didn't get to go inside the building, but we investigated the grounds. Our actual first investigation was a place called Sanatorium Hill. And back in, uh, I don't remember the exact dates, but when it first started, it was a TB hospital. Okay. And they ended up having a lot of deaths and so on up there, you know, you know, like normal hospitals like that would. Um, I had a friend or a relative that worked there and she was telling me the stories that they because they'd go down in the basement in the winter time of this building to smoke their cigarettes instead of going outside and they were standing in the hallway and the hallway goes this way and then they had a corridor that and at the end of that corridor it's kind of blocked off because that corridor used to go outside to like some cement pools you know, like therapy pools that were, they're all buried by overgrowth of land and stuff now. But you can see some of the cement foundations there. They were sitting there, it was, you know, middle of a work day, they were on a break, they were down there smoking a cigarette, there was two of them. And all of a sudden, this old wheelchair started rolling towards them down the one corridor that went off the one they were standing in. Mm-hmm. And they freaked out and they said, that's it. We're not going that deep. We're just going to stay at the bottom of the stairs from now on. You know, and they said a lot of people have gone down in the, and all we wanted to do is investigate that basement. Yeah. But because it's a county owned building and it's still being in use for stuff while we've got sensitive material in there we can't let you in there blah 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 you know government red tape bullshit so that was our first experience with trying to get into a place we've gone out to the beast of bray road area i don't know if you're familiar with that that's uh, kind of a dogman werewolf type creature that's been seen since their early what was it 30 did she say it was 36 linda godfrey dubbed it the beast of bray road she's a famous she was a famous author god bless her soul she passed away earlier this year i think it was yeah i remember but she was the one that named it the beast of bray road and we've been going out there on and off for the last three and a half years And uh, we know the gentleman that owns the property that has been dubbed by a guy named Barnaby Jones from Caps, um, the Skinwalker Ranch of Wisconsin. Right. And, and it's true because, you know, 
I went to the place, I was doing research on the Beast of Bray Road, and I happened to love cryptids, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, all those things fascinate me, Mothman, you know, just the, you know, because anything's possible. I always say anything's possible. Got to keep an open mind. And so I read this article that Linda wrote, and then I checked into it further. So I'm all, all I'm expecting is the story of this so-called dog man, right? No, we got a lot more than that. Oh, really? When we got, uh, we the first time we just drove down Bray Road, and you'll hear me say on the video, it's just a drive down short video. We have it up on YouTube. You'll hear me say in the camera, because we don't even get out of the car, because of how ro the road's about two, two and a half miles long, and it's completely dark. If you're down there in a full moon, that's about your best light you're going to get. Okay. Oh, anyway, you'll hear me say how if you're driving alone all by yourself and you see maybe a wolf or a coyote eating roadkill, the mind can play tricks with you. Right. You know, and, you know, I didn't, put a whole lot of faith into it. And then we went and met this gentleman, Lee Hample. I'm sure people that know about Beast Spray Road, they know about Lee Hample. He was on Josh Gates and all them shows on TV when it comes to the beast. And we sat there and interviewed and talked to him for about eight hours. Oh, wow. Toured his property, listened to his stories, and I was hooked. Mm -hmm. There is something going on on his property, and it is not just the Beast of Bray Road. Some of the trail cam pictures, uh, it almost looks like Bigfoot's, like a you got the shadow in front of it. Mm -hmm. And it almost looks like a silhou silhouette of a Bigfoot, and that's looking up at the sky and when you zoom in, in on the sky on those trail cam pictures, you see what's like UFOs. There's a few of them. Okay. All in the same picture. And like the Bigfoot's looking at it, you know. And that's kind of like, you know, people thinking, well, it's interdimensional or something. And that's why we have no solid DNA or some type of evidence. Right. Right. Except the casts and the footprints and and uh so we've got a lot of pictures like that we've got some trail cam pictures that have showed things in the sky that we can't explain there was one that looked like it could have been like a, a dragon type figure others think it's like a flying serpent um it, it's it's a strange and unique place and if it didn't happen if the stuff that didn't happen to me the one night we were there for our first night investigation, <clears throat> I wouldn't be going back. You want to talk about that a little bit? Um, we were there. <clears throat> we had a gentleman. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Dale Kazmarek. He's from Illinois. He's founded the Ghost Research Society He's been doing this since 1974-ish, whatever. I consider him a mentor in the paranormal field. I called him because he was so interested in going and investigating the Beast of Bray Road. So he went along with us. So it was me, my, my buddy Mark, myself, and Dale Kazmarek. And it was about midnight that night. And Dale and I had something, and you'll be able to find this on our thing called Hunting the Beast. Um, I put all the best of the footage on that. It's, um, we got a 
thermal. Dale had a thermal that had a 10 inch screen, real nice thermal. And we had a bipedal figure in the cornfield that ran alongside the property, 35 acres of hay field. This, that, that, that was a property we were on. The guy harvested the hay for his horses in Illinois. Mm -hmm. So he let us come up there for an overnight. We've got this bipedal figure in the cornfield. And you can hear Dale and I talking about it. And I think the camera actually went on to the thermal camera. We lost track of it. And meanwhile, Mark is walking in to the hay field right alongside the running parallel to the cornfield. He's talking to whatever. He thinks something was in there following him and he's talking to it. And we can't hear him and he can't hear us because of the distance. He comes back and he swears something following us, but on our, on our cameras, you hear us say, Dale and I talking because we lost the bipedal figure. We said, well, maybe it followed Mark. Okay, so this all kind of pieces together. Right. We we're gonna, the objective of this whole night was to stay until sunrise or a little bit after because most of the trail cam pictures that were caught because they had like some unidentified objects in the hay field you know showing up mm -hmm. were all early in the morning right around sunrise okay okay well shortly after this it was a couple hours after the bipedal figure and all that happened and i've lived in wisconsin all my life i've never ever seen fog roll in so thick and so fast as it did that night and we had to pack up real quick because the moisture is the equipment's worst enemy right you know so we were packing everything up as quick as we could we get it all packed up in the cars we're going out in the ground with flashlights just make sure we got everything and the fog just dissipated just as quick as it came in. It was like the land was trying to kick us off there before anything else happened. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's a possibility, um, especially if it's got that skinwalker type of vibe to it, you know? It really does. I didn't believe that at first because I heard, you know, I believe in parent-unity. I assume you do too, otherwise you wouldn't be doing this show. Um, you know, you're, you're sitting there talking with other paranormal people and you share your, your stories and so on and so forth and maybe share some ideas. Well, this gentleman, Barnaby Jones, I've known for a while and he said he'd been out to that property and as far as he's concerned, that's Skinwalker Ranch of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I didn't believe it. And all of a sudden I get out there that one night and all that stuff happened to us. And I tell you, I believe it now, mm -hmm. you know, and what we've seen can't be explained. I mean, the casts, Lee Hample's got some plaster casts of the prints and he got told by DNR that, oh, that's just a, a double tap or an over tap. Right. All right. And no, not that many times. I don't think so. There's no canines that make a print that looks like that one. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, it's five toes, seven pads. Okay. I dropped my lighter. Oh, well, I got another one. So that's been our biggest thing, though, is in really been investigating the Beast of Bray Road. We've done other investigations aside from that because we can't go out there all the time because, you know, this the guy that owns the property 
I'm not going to have him come out of his way from Illinois right. just to please us. Mm. You know, I I wait until he's got time and he's going to actually be here in Wisconsin to go. Mm -hmm. um, but we've done a lot of other places. And then there's some that I've got a bucket list for. Do you have a, uh, a favorite spot you've gone to uh, to do paranormal research? I think the my favorite one was an old um, flour mill. A flour mill? Yeah, they, it was an old flour mill. And, uh, you know, before that, it, I think it was a lumber mill or whatever. Because okay. it it's right next to the Milwaukee River. Hmm. But today, when we went and, or today is in, you know, this time of year, you know, the this decade or whatever right. um it's an arts it's like an art mill or an art mall okay. okay um we got permission to investigate this place and actually we were they actually requested somebody come and investigate it because they had a lot of paranormal activity going on where you know stuff was being finished when nobody was there like somebody would start a project there mm -hmm. leave it come back and it, it was like finished <laughs> you know um lights would come on when nobody was there um they'd hear noises so we went and investigated this as a favor for a friend of mine and um it turned out to be quite the investigation. Yeah. We got some, we were doing an EVP session in a kind of like a little bar type area. Not a liquor bar, but you know, for an art mall, it'd be like, you know, fruit and juice or whatever bar. Okay. Um, so it was just a little area, cafeteria type thing. We were sitting in there with the lights off, doing an EVP session and there was four or five of us in this room and that that was everybody that should have been in the building that night and all of a sudden in the bathroom behind us we heard water running but nobody was in the bathroom so quickly chris and mark get up chris christopher kai house was with us he was from another group and they go and check the faucet and uh, there was no water running, but it was wet. Huh. You know, okay. the, the sink was wet. Right. And nobody had used that faucet all night while we were there. And it's like, this is, the, that was just one of the first things that happened to us. I was walking out to have a smoke, to go outside to have a smoke with my friend Tom. And, and this taught me the, to have a body cam on next time you've got oh this is an old building 19 i think it was 19 early 1900s so it's got that like metal strip on the wall you know like to, to, right. protect, to protect the wires and stuff you know right. because it's a brick wall and you got three light bulbs in the hallway and, and a switch on either end and if you turn the switch on, all three lights come on at the same time. Okay, they're all triggered by the same switch, all three of them, right? I'm coming downstairs with Tom. We're just going out to have a smoke. We walk by those lights, and as soon as we get to the middle light, the middle light flickers at us. <laughs> but all three of them should have came on. And nobody was at the switches. That didn't make sense. And, and I'd, have, I'd have been like called a liar if it wasn't for this guy that I barely know that was with us, you know, confirmed it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that triggered me to turn around by a body cam, kind of learn as you go. Right. Yeah. You yeah. That's, that's a really good idea. A lot of people use those. Yeah. We started using them right after that incident um 
that was the first time we learned that we weren't properly equipped to take on that building like that, you know, because you had to be running a camera the whole time because you might miss something. Mm -hmm. But apparently, then I later did the research. The building, when it was a flour mill, had a high accident rating. Okay. You know, okay. Um, where they had, there was reports of this, this, and this. So there was reports of deaths inside the mill when it was a flour mill or right. a lumber mill. You know, because it was both. It started out as lumber mill or a flour mill. I don't remember. You know, all these. It was a few years ago we did that one. So you know the facts. You get so many facts and research, you can't remember it all. But, uh, yeah, there was deaths there. We found that out later. Um, we were trying to get the EVP sessions upstairs, but we didn't get much. We saw a few orbs, but then we chalked that up to dust flying um, because there was a definite breeze coming through there. Uh, the building was old. Right. Well, it's good that you did that and that you came up with that conclusion. You know, a lot of people would uh, see that dust and then call it an orb, even though they know better. Well, you know, it, it shows your honesty, you know. There is, um, yeah, there is times when I found out we were doing a private and home investigation and I didn't, you know, I always think orbs are you know, it could be an insect on the camera, dust. You know, right. there's a lot of things that can cause that. I, I'm kind of a computer geek and stuff. So when I think of these things, I got to think of other reasons it could happen. Right. Well, when we did this private home investigation, there was a lot of weird shit going on. Um, my wife took with her cell phone. She was taking pictures outside of this old shed in the backyard and she came in screaming she's like look at this look at this it looks like it's on fire there's all kinds of smoke in front of the door right so first thing i did were you smoking when you took the picture no i no and we went over by the thing and we were looking around to see if anybody because it was that time of year people would be burning leaves or whatever barbecue nothing no reason why that smoke we got the owner of the house come out what's in there i don't know i've never been in that place it's too creepy it just creeps me out i won't go in there well i guess there's a first time for everything ain't there so we opened it up and it was full of some weird ass graffiti but it was definitely burned the place was on fire at one time. Oh, geez. Wow. You know how you get this, like, um, how glass gets so hot and stuff, it creates like a yellow film. Right. And, and then the, that film kind of peels off. Mm -hmm. That's what was on the windows inside. And the, the beams, the support beams, the big four by fours or whatever, right. those were ch definitely charred and black. You know, and, it, you know, this, you know, I thought the guy was giving me, he, he ran a comedy podcast. Okay. And we were okay. guests on this as paranormal investigators and stuff. So I thought he was pulling my leg. Hmm. More we talked to him, the more he was definitely getting freaked out because he said he'd leave the kitchen and all of a sudden drawers would be open. So he thought his girlfriend was playing tricks on him but she wasn't there. She was at work. Yeah. You know, he'd leave the bathroom. He swore the bathroom light was turned off and he'd come back and it was on, you know, things like that. The oven door was open. Huh. Well, I was down in the basement and I was in this kind of corridor area or kind of, it was maybe big enough where it probably uh, somebody probably used it to, for canning jars you know because it had shelves 
you know, nice, dark, cold place. Anyway, I'm in there and my buddy's filming while I'm in there and I'm, you know, going around with the EMF meter, you know, kind of watching it and stuff and going like this, you know, seeing if I can get anything in there. And he's like looking at the camera and he's like, there's some orbs in here. I'm going, what? Like, orbs in there. We looked at it and sure enough, there was... And we couldn't explain it. There was no insects, no dust, nothing, no breeze. We saw this later, though. We looked at it closer. They were going through my right leg all right, on the camera. Mm -hmm. But before I knew this, I didn't know this on the day we were right there. We didn't, you know, he was just saying, look at this, you know. And, you know, we looked at it and kind of like, okay, we'll look at it later. For an entire week and now i i knew i'd be a little off because of walking up and down the stairs of a very old house there was a lot of them i knew i'd need a couple of days to recuperate but it took me over a week to recuperate and it was my right leg that was hurting the most for that week you know so when he looked at those pictures and i'm going well, that explains why my leg hurts so bad, <laughs> you know. Um, it's weird. I tell you, it really was weird. I mean, we were up there in the attic. We set up a camera in the attic. And the attic was like, like I said, this, this house was built in the 1800s, late 1800s. The attic's got one of the, it, it was probably a good two feet long, big lead weight to open up because it's like a pulley right. system to open up the attic door, you know, and it, right? So we had a camera up there for over an hour and the entire time that weight kept moving and I swear it was getting faster. <laughs> and it shouldn't have there was right. no breeze up there because i've got a little device that'll tell me the slightest bit of wind right yeah you know if i you know there was no breeze up there at all and nothing that should have been moving that thing it should have stopped it should have came to a dead stop but it was constantly moving for 45 minutes Have you guys ever been scared? You or your partners have ever been scared? No, I don't have no, no, no. I don't get scared. I don't have a flight reflex. Neither does he. Okay. I mean, we've seen too much shit growing up. <laughs> well, you, you, uh, really, you know. That, no, not, but that's a good thing. You, you know, guys are like, I, mean, like I do have the, I do have the thing where things can make you jump. I mean. Yeah. We were up at that sanatorium hill and we went back up there to prove a Yahoo video wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. I said, I can recreate this. Mm -hmm. I said, that was just a dude walking to the only 24 hour store at night. And he was just taking a shortcut walking across the lawn. I duplicated that video just like they didn't they swore up and down it was a ghost or an apparition you know but we went back up there and i tend i haven't lived in madison for eight years so i tend to to forget some of the things well not too far from sanatorium hill there's a marsh okay and then right behind it there's a small set of woods that separate the sanatorium hill from a neighborhood, you know, from public residential area. Well, I was walking through them woods on a trail and all of a sudden this little baby fawn jumped up at me and I just kind of, you know, did that like got spooked startled thing, you know, and my friend hadn't let me live that one down since then, you know, but I had almost stepped on it. It was bedded down in the ground. You couldn't see it. Right. 
So I'm walking along and I almost stepped on it. I put my foot down. Next thing you know, this thing pops up right in front of me. I mean, it wasn't even a foot away from me when it popped up. Yeah. You know, of course, I'm going to jump, you know? Yeah. Yeah, those uh, little spooky uh, moments like that are actually kind of funny when you sit back and you watch it or you think. Oh, about yeah, it. it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I mean those are the, those little unexpected things like that that make me jump are kind of funny so it kind of you know livens up the moment when you're like not getting much and it's really boring and nothing's happening and stuff you gotta break up the monotony right you know we uh yeah, I, I had a friend of mine one time. We were camping, and uh, he went to go get the food from the table because we had already cooked and we ate. And there was, she was he went for seconds, and when he went to the table, there was a possum underneath it, and they met each other. And they both jumped back. It was so funny. <laughs> the possum even put his hands up like that too. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, he screamed. The possum screamed. They both took off in opposite directions. It was it was a pretty good night. And we don't let them live that down either. It was fun. Uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah, I love things like that. I had I had a place, and I don't like to tell this one too often, but I worked security for Railvac, the battery making place. Okay. They had a packaging plant in Madison, and I was security there. And this place is wide open. It's like old barn houses. Okay. Like, and they keep the barn doors and everything wide open because the whole thing's fenced in by a fence. I'm walking around doing my rounds, and there's one alleyway that would spook, you know, because I'd have to train people. And they wouldn't do the alleyway because it was full of bats. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I learned just flashing my flashlight, they'll stay up on the walls because I had a big old mag light. But I was in one of the buildings one day, and I know there's a lot of critters. You know, there's squirrels, there was possums, there was raccoons. They were always rummaging around in there looking for something to eat, you know, because everybody's throwing away whatever from the cafeteria i'm walking through there and it's real i mean the night was like one of these real super quiet nights you know everything was just silent and all of a sudden the next thing i know i got some jumping on my back i mean it jumped right back and right behind my shoulder and jumped on me i screamed like a little bitch i had to go to the bathroom and check my britches afterwards because i thought i was gonna piss my pants and all it was was squirrel jumped down on me from oh. the rafters you know mm -hmm. damn thing just and but that place and, and this was before i was private you know before i was doing what i do as a paranormal when I was supervisor in that place, I got called at three o'clock in the morning by a female employee. She was afraid to come to the front, back to the front, because she swore she saw a ghost. An old old guy in in military garb. You know. And I heard that. A lot back then but i never you know saw it myself and i tell you i went back because i had a key so i went in there you know being a supervisor i had a key i had to go back all the way to the back and this place was a big place you know you got to think it's it's a battery making packaging yeah. plant they actually made the triple a and double a batteries there as well mm -hmm. I went all the way to the back of the building and this woman was just shaking, like terrified. And she said that I saw he looked like he was in military uniform. Did anybody ever know like 
the history of that particular spirit? I couldn't find it. And when I became a paranormal investigator, the building was torn down. Okay. Now it's all got like some kind of high rise on their apartments or whatever. But right. it's it's kind of sad because that was part of Madison's history. That building was built there in like one of the first first it had the same date that the that Wisconsin became a state, I believe. You know, or the same year. So it was built in eighteen forty eight. Okay. So that building was there since 1848 and it was a rail back rail back building. Okay. So yeah. I don't know if it always was a rail back building, but it was built in 1848. Yeah. She never said what time period the uniform looked or do you know? She, she said it was, she said he was in camo. Like, okay, but she couldn't tell colors. It was just a see-through image, and she could see right through them. She was petrified. She quit her job after that. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Hmm. And she was a damn good security officer up to that point. I mean, it seemed like nothing faced her. She came with very good credentials from other companies around the area. Mm -hmm. But she actually quit. She said, I'm not working here no more. She wouldn't work there. She says, transfer me or I quit. Yeah, I don't have the authority to transfer you. She said, I quit then. I said, go talk to the captain. <laughs> yeah. Poor thing. So what do you have on your bucket list? What are some places you'd like to go check out or visit? Well, some of the places I want to check out are not too far away. I mean, I want to go to Eloise in Michigan. Um, I hear that that place has got so much activity, especially the fifth floor. Um, and we're possibly going to do that this next year because we're going to take a week road trip. I'd like to go to Juliet Prison in Illinois and check that out. Mm -hmm. That's on my bucket list. And I was told that this place is not open to investigators anymore, but I'm not giving up hope yet. But I want to go to a house in Indiana called, what was that called? Willow's Wheat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I've heard of it. Well, I saw a documentary on it, mm -hmm. or not a documentary. It was uh, the, that show, Most Haunted Places in America. Okay. It was one of those. All right. And during the show, the part about that house, the investigator offered to buy the house off the lady that owned it because she didn't want it anymore. Yeah. And he bought it. Well, I had, I had that investigator on my show a couple of times. Okay. So all I did recently, not too long ago, was ask him if he still owned the house. Okay. And all he did was say, "Yep." But now people I've talked to says that he doesn't let anybody do any investigations there. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to find another place in Indiana to go to. Yeah. yeah. We have a couple of spots here in Texas that are pretty popular that I like, you know. Um, well, there is a place. I don't know if it's so paranormal, if it's uh, not really on a paranormal list, but it is on my list to see. And it is in Texas. What's that? The Branch Davidian Ranch. In oh, Waco, in Waco. In Waco. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Where that, that would be interesting. Happen right, because yeah. that whole thing pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. our government won't acknowledge or take blame for that. Because mm -hmm. I've watched every documentary that's ever been made on that so far that I've seen. Mm -hmm. 
every little mini series done all this research on it and as far as i could tell they shot first mm -hmm. not the branch davidians uh trigger happy rookie cop shot a shot a dog and that set off a chain reaction he got afraid of the dogs because there was dogs out front and they were barking at all the law enforcement and he just went pop and next thing you know it set off a you know everybody yeah. got trigger happy it was an intense situation yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't know where that property is at i'd like to know what whatever became of it it's still standing my brother is a nomad mm -hmm. uh, i don't, don't exactly know what that is mm -hmm. i mean as far as i can tell he travels everywhere really cheap and when he goes to places he works when he gets there yeah okay but he was married on that property about two years ago or was it three years ago and there was a few branch davidians that actually still live there on that property oh really yeah i'm gonna look That's it up yeah see what they have going on over there because he stayed there and he was telling me he told me the story about him because i asked i cornered him he's, well he's my half brother but still in my eyes he's my brother right so i cornered him and stopped him i said look man i'm into this stuff you got to tell me more you know so yeah i really do want to go there if i ever get a chance but I've heard about Texas. I'm not sure I'd want to go to Texas. No <laughs> offense. I, love I, Texas. I, I heard the, 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 you don't stop at a stop sign, right? You're going to get busted. Cops yeah. are strict. No, I, yeah. I think that was just my stepfather. My yeah. stepfather came from Texas. He used to tell me wild stories. But I do know that the whole state would probably shut down if they got more than a foot of snow. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you guys don't get snow down there. Not very much. Yeah, uh, it, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I was like, "I remember Christmas where it snowed here at Christmas, and I yeah, remember it, Christmases where I was in shorts." Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we never know what's going to happen down here with the weather. No, we get we get we get snow that can be measured into the feet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no thinking. You guys can have that, man. 65 below. I remember the blizzard of 70, what was it, 76 or 78? There was a blizzard that whipped through Wisconsin. Right. Boy, I was happy. It shut down school for like three or four days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I got friends in Canada and they'll show me videos of it snowing there, them going down the highway. It looks like they're like in the Millennium Falcon and going to high <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty funny yeah i know that feeling you know you, you really do get that feeling here too yeah. you know there's been days where you get that millennium vulcan hyperspace stars flying at you but it's actually snow <laughs> yeah okay. what about your uh equipment man what's your favorite equipment do you have a piece that, that you love to use my favorite equipment is myself okay I, I, I kind of like to trust my gut feeling. I've been like a security guard, private investigator, people reader, you know. Um, I kind of got a way of sensing some things, but actually my favorite equipment's my camera. Okay. You know, uh, I, got a, I got a high def, you know, 4K high def camera that I use that's like, I like to review it and make sure that you know i don't pick up on it the evp thing that that's that's another big one you know because it'll pick up things that i may not hear that's happened to us before you know and so basically anything that records audio okay you know because there's a lot of things out there that we can't hear sometimes and you'd be surprised no yeah yeah i've actually captured evp myself in the house i used to live in years ago that was pretty freaky 
but it wasn't like scary, you know, it was just kind of well, weird. Yeah, and then yeah. it's really cool when it happens like almost a year later and you're reviewing the footage and and reviewing everything and I still haven't put this together yet. So I nobody can see the video or anything yet because I'm trying to find a way to get around getting red flagged by YouTube. Okay. We went out to the place where the day the music died. Okay. You know, where the the crash site of Buddy Holly, right, right. Richie Balance, and the Big Bopper. Mm -hmm. Okay, and of course the pilot. Um and all of a sudden and we were we got invited to go out there with Dale Kazmerick. He called and he's like, I got some places. We're going to Iowa. He game. I said, okay. So we met him near the crash site. We went to the crash site. And I got to tell you, it was very surreal just to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big music buff. I like all kinds of music. And just to be there, you know, where the day the music died. I mean, music has never been the same. Dukes of Hazard wouldn't have been the same if things weren't changed, if that coin toss went a different way for that plane plane crash. Because then you would have had Richie Valance and Wallen Jennings would have been on that plane instead of Richie Valance. Right, yeah. And Wallen Jennings was the hands you always saw on TV playing that guitar. Right. You know, and the balladeer. So Dukes of Hazard wouldn't have been the same if that plane crash went another way. However, we were reviewing the footage about a year later because I'm trying to figure out a way to, I, I guess I can't play the music and I don't want to play the exact thing that oh, they said on the road uh, when they interrupt this program for, you know, I'm going to do it myself somehow. So okay. I got making a transcript of that. Anyway, when I get it all said and done, we heard a phantom plane. Oh, that wow. Was, that was about the exact size of the one they crashed in. And we weren't there in February when they crashed. We were there like in the middle of summer. Hmm. You know, and it, nobody heard it. There wasn't... I mean, nobody heard a plane or saw a plane while we were there. But there's definitely a plane on the recording. Huh. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to check out and listen to. Oh. And where, where was this location at exactly? Iowa. Um, Springfield, Iowa? I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I can... Okay. Don't get, you know, that's one that kind of eluded my memory of the exact place. Because okay. we went to another place that that was also in Iowa, but it was in Maxwell, Iowa. It was called Far Our School. And as we were setting up our equipment, we're above the gym. And we saw a ball roll behind Dale Kaczmarek, but nobody was down there to push the ball or anything. Hmm. So we have no idea. So nobody got that re on the recording, but I had to leave within the first five, 10 minutes of entering that building. And I had to exit real quick because I started feeling really sick. And the minute I stepped outside and off the step, I started feeling better. Sure. And I was like, okay. So I went back in, got myself, you know, put my neck, you know, I had a cross, so I put it on and stuff, and I went back in there, you know, and kind of was prepared for it this time. <laughs> I walked into this one room, it's the boiler room, just off the gym downstairs, and you could feel the evil and dark presence that were in that, that room. Mark 
decided to provoke things while he was there. Well, the joke was on him because after that, all of his equipment started failing. He couldn't even get into his laptop. It locked him out. You know, he kept punching the password. I know I got the password right. And I'm sitting there kind of laughing about it because it's like, dumbass, don't provoke these things. <laughs> he gets home next morning, opens up his laptop, and boom, he's in. First try. Now, so whatever it was, didn't want him recording any information. Yeah. However, my equipment didn't fail. Dale has something called, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, called a Phasma box. I think I have heard of it. I've, I've been looking at a bunch of equipment here lately. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, anyway, we're in this spoiler room asking questions and we're getting all kinds of voices coming through this thing. And one of them was a very angry voice. I've never seen something like this before at this place. And it was eerie. That's another one. If you ever look at that, uh, it's Maxwell, Iowa. That one I know is Maxwell, Iowa. Okay. That That's, you know, and then we were supposed to go to the, the Melissa Axe murder house, but that was overbooked. <laughs> so we didn't get in there. Well, Mr. Joe, man, we're running up on, on uh, the end of the show here. Um, if you want to, Rupert, why don't you tell people a little bit about your website, your YouTube channel, your social media, whatever well, you want to tell everything, them. Everything can be found at UglyInsaneProductions.com. Our YouTube channel can be found there. And our Facebook page can be found there. And we go live every Friday night at 5 p.m. Central Time. You can find all of our investigation videos, you know, and they're all raw. I don't edit anything in except, you know, like a little nice intro screen telling you what we investigated and then credit screens and that's it. Everything else, you, you see exactly what we see, you know, maybe hell, maybe you guys might see something I won't see or we haven't seen yet, but that's what our investigations are. They're completely raw and unedited. You know, those can only be seen on our YouTube channel usually. So, but our talk show, it goes live on both Facebook and YouTube. And we have Chris Garcia coming up on Friday. Oh, he's a tarot guy, right? Tarot, yeah. psychic medium? Kind of medium, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's very, a good dude. Very interesting dude. Yeah, he's on the show a couple times actually. Yeah, ours too. He's we we really enjoy having him. Yeah, he's a trip, man. He's a character yep. with him. But a but in a good way. So yep. Yeah. It's all about having fun, man. Yeah, man. He's a good dude. Cool beans, man. Y'all guys check it out Friday. Uh what time are you guys gonna be going? We go live at five o'clock. Okay. Yeah, you guys check it out at five o'clock, man. you you won't regret it. It'll be a good show. I know it will. Well, cool beans, Mr. Joe. Thanks a lot for doing the show. Like I said, I know it was last minute, so I do appreciate Anytime, it. Anytime, man. man. Yeah. yeah. If you ever need a guest, man, hit me up, man. I'll uh, I'll jump on with you guys for sure. Yeah, uh, well, we're going to be start, starting for next year. As we're booked to the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm booked all the way through January, actually. So I haven't got that far yet. I've been a little lazy because I've got grandkids, you know. Yeah, I know. When I, you know, you get buried to somebody that's got kids and you got kids well then you end up with like a ton of grandkids you know <laughs> it's fun but it can get expensive at christmas time yeah it's probably cheaper to go on vacation right <laughs> yeah it might be yeah i got two birthdays this month too you know oh geez yeah my two, my two oldest kids one was born on the ninth the other one was on the 27th two days after christmas wow well, that's good so that's cool, man. All right. Well, hold on real quick. Uh, oh, everyone, this is my, actually my last show of the year, too, by the way. So I won't see you till 2024. It'll be January the 8th. I will have a young lady by the name of Taylor on. She's a tarot reader. She's a 
great, great uh, young woman. You guys will like her a lot, man. So tune in for that show. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And, uh... Hello. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. You guys have a good night. <laughs>